Today on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, My Heart is an Apple. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name is Alex Pande, and beside me is the wonderful Owen Heaney. Hello! We are the only podcast on the internet that talks about every single Arcade Fire song alphabetically, one per episode. And we are coming out of the University of British Columbia recording studio and radio station here in Vancouver, British Columbia, on a very, very snowy day. Uh, How are you, Owen? I am fine. I braved the cold and elements and snow and sleet and sand and salt to get here just so we could record this podcast. Yeah, walking from uh, walking 10 minutes from our uh, apartment on campus, uh, but we have to go up some hills. It is a big up and down and it's slippery. Uh, anyway, before we get into it, I have a uh, the every once in a while addition to Arcade Fire Heard in Public Places, which in reality really just is Arcade Fire Spots in Vancouver. You know, we can, we can make a tourist map. Uh, Paris, a close friend of the podcast and of ours, uh, snapped me from Burgoo, which is a Vancouver, like they say, comfort food restaurant, and they were playing a song from the suburbs. Uh, can you guess what it was, Owen? You definitely told me, but now I can't even I didn't. I saved it. Oh, okay, never and mind. And when I say it, it's like it's not the suburbs or Sprawl 2, like, uh, it, it, yeah. Uh, month of May. <laughs> Modern Man. Huh. Yeah. Interesting, you know. I mean, like, uh, uh, like, wonder, like, whether they just had like a Spotify playlist going or something, or whether someone actively chose that song. I think that, I don't know. I think that if it's places where there are like waitresses and stuff, that they'll generally pick a, like, if it's a younger person, I feel like they'll rotate Spotify playlists or make a big communal one. You know? Yeah. I know. Well, one of the restaurants slash bars that we go to every Thursday and it would always have the same playlist going because mm-hmm. we'd hear the same songs every Thursday and like you wouldn't hear them necessarily at the same time but it's definitely the same playlist it was good though they uh I mean a lot of stuff that we like like mm-hmm. uh, they played The Clash they played um I love The Hold Steady I never heard The Hold Steady played in public before they played a lot of White Stripes they played like Frank Ocean's like EP stuff yeah it was it was cool it was uh I mean very catering to our demographic it yeah. is a bar near UBC uh, yeah. Big, uh, big week for Arcade Fire events, eh? Yeah. Like, I mean, Wynn just posted something on his Instagram. Three times. Three <laughs> times over, and I didn't really look at it yet. So, you know, maybe that's something really important. Maybe that's something, like, we should really discuss on the podcast. Maybe there's some deeper meaning to it, other than just being, like, the Carnival event. But, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't look at it that much, so. I don't know. There wasn't really much there. It just said, I think it said that there's some sort of remix or recording of all the people that are going to be at Crew to Carnival, but there wasn't, like, a link or anything. Well, there, uh, there was a link in the bio. Was there? Uh, I mean, this is uh, much more something we could talk about next week when this pans out. Yeah, yes, yeah. And you, you don't want our, our predictions. You're, mm-hmm. you're here solely for the, the rock-hard, solid truth and facts. That's what we provide here at Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, cold, hard facts. And it was a cold, cold, hard fact that we weren't able to be at the show in Montreal where Wynn, Regine, Richard, the Prishol uh, Band, and David Byrne did this must be the place? Yeah. Like, geez, I I feel like for them that felt very much like a uh, like back when they first started playing a small venue and just kind of like you know going reading the crowd and stuff, which I think maybe is why Richard likes these small venues and my win DJs because it takes them back from the stadium to how they started, you know? Yeah. 
but yeah, David Byrne uh, doing you know this one see the place. That's uh, that's that's pretty cool. Which uh, we'll actually review when we get to it because it's an official release. Uh, did you did you watch the little video one? I did watch the video. Yeah, me too. Uh, many many times. Uh, I think if this is the direction they're going in, I'm okay with it. Sorry, sorry. If this must be the place is the direction. No, like no, no. The the sound. Uh, like th- this is a much better dance music kind of song than a lot of the things they found on every well some of the things they did on everything now but i think that it also just sounds like the talking heads because it is a talking head song uh and the talking heads have a very unique style and why so many people try and emulate them uh yeah other things when said he's not going to play in the all-star nba game this year but he'll be back later uh i think it was I guess it hasn't happened yet. It's probably this weekend coming up or something. Yeah, probably. No. I, uh, I think he's not doing it because it's Carnival, I don't think. No, I I think he said he's busy with a project. I think the project is Carnival. Uh, maybe. I mean, he also uh, he also posted on Instagram that they're recording something. Uh, and he posted it with one of his Alvino Ray silver guitars like steel or steel yeah those are the ones steel guitar or something yeah yeah i don't know i could just see i can see maybe i'm just like grouping everything into carnival i uh, this is all uh preservation hall band and crew to carnival oh yeah not arcade fire at all uh some people speculated that it's going to be like everything now bonus tracks but i think if we were going to get those they would have happened by now yeah no i think all the bonus tracks were all recorded pre-release of the original most definitely and then they were just released later there's no way that they're gonna go back to everything Mm -hmm. now i'm like oh now we'll come up with bonus songs like if if they're gonna be everything now bonus songs they're already written and recorded and they're just sitting waiting to be released or not released yeah i mean again my power prediction is that the bonus tracks uh could be released on record store day but again more likely i think it could be the her soundtrack or the funeral concert uh yeah. Uh, oh, and oh, and you messaged me yesterday about something, eh? I uh, what? I mean, about a lot of things, but one thing related to Arcade Fire. See, I, I don't know. I can't remember. Sarah and Jeremy. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are doing something <laughs> very obscure. So yeah, I mean, I didn't even look into it that much. I just looked at the dates. So because Sarah Newfield posted on her Twitter, and so I mean, for everyone, yeah, Sarah Newfield, the violin, and Jeremy Gara. Drums. Drums. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that was a joke. Yeah. Watch the SNL skit. Um, so, yeah, they are doing this tour of, like, there's a dancer, right, or something. Like, the dancer is to music that they composed, basically. But the tour, like, cities are very interesting choices. So Yeah, not very traditional ones. Well, uh, not large market. They're not going big market cities, that's for sure. No, and it's not even, like... Richard Reed Perry doing his uh, small venues in big cities. Uh, these are very like, like so. The, so the example, for example, the, the two closest to us here in Vancouver, two options are Banff and Whitehorse. So for people not from Canada or just like don't know general Canadian geography, Whitehorse is the capital of Yukon. Yukon is a territory in Canada, which is kind of like Canada's Alaska. So it's up north, and it's Whitehorse is a very small town. I mean, in capital gen- of Yukon, capital, but like in general, not large. And then the other one, Banff, is a common tourist destination in terms of so it's on the Alberta British Columbia border, with British Columbia the province we're in. And Banff is like it's where you go either for to ski in the winter or to hike in the summer and go camping in the summer. It's not 
a traditional place. Like not a lot of people live there. It's it's interesting the choices making those two. I mean, I mean, I'm sure if I read into it more, maybe the dancer has personal connections with yeah those places. But it's odd. It's also it's not like a concert. They're playing like dance halls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, White Horse is um, twenty four hundred kilometers away from Vancouver, a thirty hour drive. But hey, you know, Banff is only eight hundred and fifty. It's a nice nine ten hour drive. I, you know, we can drive for ten hours, see the show for two, and then you know, drive back. It's a nice. Uh, it's le- still less time than going to the Yukon. So yeah, are they for sure performing the music live along with the dance? Then I can't imagine what else they would do. Yeah, uh, they're not just sitting in the wings, kind of listening to a pre-made song. Yeah, it says. Um, it says that. Uh, acclaimed Canadian contemporary dance artist Peggy Baker joins forces with violinist Sarah Newfield and drummer Jeremy Gara, members of award-winning Canadian band Arcade Fire, to reveal the splendors and complexity of the human soul. Uh, from there were some pictures I saw. It definitely seems like they and a few others are perf- are playing, and uh, then then they are dancing. People are dancing. It, uh, so this this definitely takes the cake for you know everyone thought you know Richard Reed Perry doing the solo album very peaceful like nature based you know that's kind of like oh that's out there that's like different than the usual on stage Arcade Fire it's like well this they just want one further there yeah I I there was an interview with Sarah Newfield that I read something about how she likes going back to this from like the Bell Orchestra days and I feel like Jeremy's just like a just like a, a, a go with kind of guy like mm. hey Jeremy want to help me out I'd love to help you out yeah uh, yeah it uh, if, if you're in one of those cities it's not just obscure they're playing like Ottawa and Montreal but maybe even just Canada I'm not sure I think it is just Canada as of right if you're now. on one of those shows let us know what that's like uh, and if you want to talk about it on the show let us know that as well but it's very small venues and yeah. And uh, uh, what else happened this week was the, the Grammys. And uh, not that <coughs> Arcade Fire nothing to do with them, but very on brand with Arcade Fire. And mind you, I didn't tell Owen any of that we're going to talk about this beforehand. Yeah, so I, it's just as pre, before we talk about this, I did not watch the Grammys. And I know next to nothing that happened about the Grammys right now. I've been very not on that. So this will be a very interesting conversation to have. Yeah, we're going to have uh, non-prepped responses from him. <laughs> uh, so big talk relevant to the show. Uh, the winner, we had a real... Who the freak is Arcade Fire moment? Because people were tweeting out who the freak is Casey Musgraves. Do you know what uh, Casey Musgraves on? I mean, I've heard you talk about. Is it a, is it her? Her, yeah. Okay, I've heard you talk about her bef- before, but I could not tell you anything other than her name. I, is she country? Yes. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm um, one for one. I uh, yeah. What did she win? Uh, b- best best album. Oh wow! So yeah. it was it was uh, a <laughs> yeah who who the f is uh, Arcade Fire. Yeah, she won. I'm pretty sure best album. Um, all of my my conversation topics are like conceptual rather than um, yeah album of the year, than than individual things. But uh, yeah, I I also know Joel from Arcade Fire Tube, dear friend of the podcast. He was happy about this. He was tweeting. It's someone that uh, I don't know didn't really click for me as much, but it's interesting to see wh- like why did the Grammys pick this? It's like when Beck won a couple years ago, where it's like is this some sort of Oh, people will will like us because we picked this. Maybe yeah, they, I, I mean, have you ever thought maybe they picked it because it's the best? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe <laughs> it it, uh, it 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 wasn't for me. I really I really did try to get into this album because our friend said 
that it's like Carly Rae Jepsen, but country. And boy, do I love Carly Rae Jepsen's album Emotion. If you want to listen to some quality content, go listen to that. One of the best pop albums of the yachts and not this show. Uh, and I like country music, but I tried to listen to it a lot. wasn't for me. Couldn't get into it. But um, I uh, something I did read, though, which is interesting about the Grammys and tying a bit back to the suburbs, is that despite winning this, she's not someone that's played on either pop radio or pop country radio, which I think with same with Arcade Fire, like sure they're favorites on like the peak or, or whatever alternative radio station you have, but like they're still not going to be played on like the beat 94.5 or whatever pop station you have on the radio, despite winning like the album of the year, which really is pop album of the year. Uh, interesting. Um, uh, lots is, of is Grammy chosen by like the same as the Oscars? Is there an Academy of Music Artists who all vote or something? Yeah, they're they're voted by a uh, like some sort of collective. But uh, it really is. I think it's like what do th- what do we think people will like us the most for? And just always getting it wrong. Uh, lots of things that weren't nominated. So no rap nomination for Yay. And no rap nomination for freaking Kids See Ghosts. Uh, I, I feel like it's just not cool to give Kanye awards right now. Yeah. He was he was nominated for Best Producer, too, and Pharrell won. And, I mean, he's great, don't get me wrong, but Kanye had Kids See Produce, Kids See Ghost, and Yay, and Pusha T's Daytona, which I think was a close... Uh, that was my favorite rap album of the year, but it didn't win. Uh, Pharrell produced Justin Timberlake's album. Um... Yeah, it uh, a reminder that Fantasy wasn't even nominated in 2012. People will, I think, also think that uh, I'll have a hot take on Greta Van Fleet winning Best Rock Album. After our contentious talk at the end of the year episode. <laughs> Owen, Owen, go if you want to go back and listen to Owen walking into the episode saying, Alex doesn't like Greta Van Fleet, and then <laughs> me then saying... Alex having to walk himself back out of that like, corner. It's like, no, I... What? <laughs> But uh, yeah, compared to the other albums nominated for best album was a rock album was like washed up albums from Fall Out Boy and Weezer, and compared to their competition, yeah, you know which Weezer album? Um, Pacific Daydream. That was still like uh, years seem short. Odd timing. Okay. It yeah. Uh, it um compared to that competition, they're fine. Even though their album was incredibly mediocre, it was more. It was less mediocre than the rest. But. Where the heck was our boy Jack White with Boarding House Reach? Um, See, Jack, you, you think that I'd, I would have thought that Boarding House Reach being an experimental album, you know, the academies in general, they like experimentation. Yeah, so. and they like Jack White. Uh, you ready for these Wikipedia facts, Owen? Hit me with them. Jack White has 12 Grammys and is one of the most nominated of all times. And especially he's one of the top nominated across different fields. He's been nominated across nine fields. Uh, but I guess it just wasn't cool to nominate him this year. Not even for, like, engineering or production. And uh, even, even like, the album had really split. People loved. People thought it was unbelievably breakthrough or an unbelievable breakthrough or thought it was weird and boring. But uh, where was our nom for over and over and over for best rock song? That is such a, like, like that nominated or winning the Grammy for rock song is very like on brand like yeah I could see it this is the kind of song that wins the Grammy for best rock song yeah I mean you know, I mean maybe he didn't put up a big Grammy campaign I, mean, I yeah I don't know if he cares anymore 
you ready for this, Owen? A conversation for another day, but something that I think about a lot. Funeral lost best alternative album to Get Behind Me Satan by the White Stripes. Yeah. Uh, a conversation for another time. I, I mean, I think Funeral's a better album, but they weren't gonna they weren't gonna take a risk with. Uh, yeah. Though, like, I think Jack White. And, yeah. So Saint Vincent won that uh, best rock song. That's a very safe like pick. Yeah. Um, and the last big one is where was MGMT? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's uh, the the problem is they don't really fit in any specific category. I. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not. I wouldn't say they're they're rock and they're not really pop or alternatives. Uh, they have one Grammy of three nominations. What do you, what do you think that's for? Uh, uh, best pop song, kids. It is for the remix of Electric Feel, and they don't even have the Grammy. Justice got the Grammy. Uh, they didn't win for kids. They didn't win for best new artist. Um, none of none of their none of their song. I think Time to Pretend was nominated and lost, but Kids and Electric Field Electric Field didn't. But I feel like it's the same with the Killers. Like even Mr. Brightside didn't win. Uh, yeah, Beck Beck won Alternative Artist of the Year. I saw some tweets that were like, the Grammys are an annual reminder that Beck put out an album this year. <laughs> that is that that's so on point. That one. It, uh, it's, it's your yearly reminder that Beck exists. Just like just like Christmas is your yearly reminder that Michael Bublé yeah. is still alive. And Gram- the Super Bowl ads. Grammys are your yearly re- reminder that Beck, Beck is still exists. alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Grammys are talked about because they're so public and hyped up. But at the end of the day, like, it's so inconsistent. Like, every year you're scratching your head, like, did they pick this album based on the same metrics as last year? Like... Which is, I don't know, compared to the Grammys, I think you're much better off listening to people that you know and whose opinions you kind of like, you've known over time, whether that's music writers or people that host podcasts talking about a lot of different songs from an album. You know what kind of stuff they do like and don't like. Um, yeah. Basically, Alex, all Alex is saying is we're not fake news. You know? Yeah. We're we, a trusted <laughs> news source. We're the Washington Post of, uh, <laughs> of, of Arcade, Arcade Fire, Fire podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Today we have uh, what song? Going? We have uh, my, my heart is a cage. My heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> now that I'm older, my heart's grown apples. No, no, no. Uh, no apples grow. Uh, seven apples. A year without apples. Uh, apples beyond apples. You and me, we got apple trees. Uh, no, no. What do we actually have, Owen? My heart is an apple. <laughs> yeah, this was the. I, I think this is the best content I've ever put out the entire show. <laughs> It's like, what, what, what does this podcast need? More prescripted <laughs> jokes. <laughs> apple trees. Uh, yeah, My Heart is an Apple from the Arcade Fire EP. You got some basic facts on it? I do. This is the fifth song on the EP. So just some EP facts. I mean, we've gone through them before, but the song facts are the EP facts. Uh, the song was recorded by the band in 2002 in Maine. That is the USA. And then it was mm. re- released at kind of like at CDs at their like table as they kind of performed when they were younger and that was in 2003 and then it was re-released once they got signed with Merge Records and like remastered as well and that was in 2005 and this is um the third song off the EP that we have done and it is four minutes and 25 seconds long and it has been played live 17 times 
Oh, wow. Which, yeah, I was more than I was expecting, which makes it the... Anything recent so, or well, past the well, EP wait tour? wait for it. So, so the 52nd most played song. So that's just below Chemistry and mm. just above Old Flame. So the other another EP song. Uh. And But however, the most recent play was October 2nd, 2005 on the uh. EP tour. And that was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Hey! So, you know, if you were at that show, you were the last people, person to ever hear... My heart is an apple. And if you were at that show and, uh, hey, you know, let's meet halfway and go to the Banff show. <laughs> niche jokes for Canadians. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, is this one you'd want to see live, Owen? No. They brought it out now? <laughs> no. <laughs> novelty, yes. Uh, Novel- song. Like, yeah. like, we'll get to that. There's but. a lot of, like, novelty to a lot of those songs. It's like, But this is not one of the novelty songs I'd want to hear. Um, it also has 340,000 streams on Spotify. Wow. Making it basically tied with the Vampire Forest Fire for least stream song oh. on the EP, but also makes it basically so it, like Vampire Forest Fire has like ten thousand less streams or something like within rounding error, and then uh, but the two of them are the least stream songs of Arcade Fire on Spotify basically at all. Dang. So I mean, the only ones lower than them are the Equinox remix of Peter Pan, like Fair not enough. actual Peter Pan, Equinox remix, and then checks out the instrumental of I Give You Power. Not like there's a re- there's wow, g- there's, really there's I Give You Power, and then there's the the remix of I Give You Power, which still has more, and then there's mm-hmm. the instrumental version, and then there's so the only two songs on Spotify which have less streams than this song are those two. Yeah, instrumentals are for DJs and. Uh, I feel like DJs aren't going to... I mean, I imagine the biggest market for instrumental is DJs, and I imagine they're not using uh, Spotify to yeah. mix their songs. So, yeah. I don't know. I just thought, you know, this, this song doesn't have a lot going for it going into it. <laughs> but Yeah. Uh, no music video either, but uh, there's another sync up. Um, just like My Body is a Cage, footage from the movie Paris, Texas. Have you heard of that, Owen? I have not. I mean, I've heard of the city Paris, Texas, but i never heard of... I think there's a city Paris. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been on my watch list for like three years now. It's one of those cult classics. Uh, I think it's about some guy that gets amnesia and he's in Texas and something like that. I haven't seen it, but I know there's a sync up video, and I'm gonna save that comfiness until after I've seen the movie. That's one of those like, like I said before, I love when there are songs I love synced up to movies I love. Yeah. Yeah, and a little personal thing about this song until we started this podcast and i really started going back and diving into songs this was like when i thought of the ep i thought of this song i i don't know why headlights didn't stick with me until until the podcast but yeah ep that just opening melody of the down 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 is what i thought of and it's not the first song either yeah do you have any 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 personal past connection to this song uh, no, no, n- not specifically, not any more than any other song on the EP. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to dive into the lyrics? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. I'll, I'll take it over. I'll admit I'm full of crap. That's how I l- know I love you. That's how I know I trust you. You're not sure if there's a right or wrong, but it feels like there is when I treat you like this. I go outside. Texas, I won't come home. Not even if you call. I can't hear you at all. I can't explain why it's a sin, the state I'm living in. I just feel so tired. I go outside. What do you think? My first thought is, I mean, it's a similar thought I've had to, I think both other songs on the EP, 
it is melodramatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So something that's like it's kind of um you get yeah it's kind of like moody teeny and like that's I think that's just kind of like the era, that's uh, the EP era. Yeah, it it really is. He um he I mean I'll talk about it later, but he just hasn't hasn't quite found his stri- stride lyrically yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just because this this song is just so on the nose about. You know the feeling that Wynn is realizing he's moving past, which you know really manifests to the themes on on funeral. But like the first line, like like what does that even mean? Like the, the I'll admit I'm full of crap. That's how I know I love you. That's just like schlock. <laughs> um, the whole you know first verse really, uh, which really shows how far he's come. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, you need to make a bunch of bad art to find your footing and get going. And just look at us. Maybe after this podcast and a bunch of podcasts, we'll make a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I'm trying to make sense of the first verse, I don't think it's about the girl, about a girl, even in the beginning. I think the whole thing is about Texas. And uh, it's a real mathematical equation here. So he's saying that Texas and where he's from is crap. But then he's also saying that he is full of crap. And that's how he knows that he still loves Texas. It cancels out, you know? If he is crap and crap is Texas, he is Texas. You know, <laughs> basic math. <laughs> uh, real metric for a good song. You know, it makes you laugh, makes you think, makes you feel, and makes you learn. Uh, yeah, I think that it's the ambiguous morality of where he's from, which we're going to, you know, get again until the suburbs. And he feels good when he leaves. You know, it feels it's easier to dump all of these negative emotions onto where he's from than face the fact that it's a part of him. I mean, like we saw the next two albums is going to demonize where he's from and that whole idea until, you know, like we said two weeks ago, he stares into Texas and the abyss stares back at him. Uh, yeah, uh, the call is like his parents, his bedrooms, his neighborhoods are calling to them because, you know, they're, they're part of him. But he knows he needs to leave. He knows even if even if he loves it deep down, he needs to get out of there. But uh, at this stage in his lyrical career, he can express that the best with, I just feel so tired. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd say, you know, one thing is Texas is kind of a cult <laughs> in terms of, like, people from Texas are... Like I mean, just its history. Don't mess with Texas. It's, it's history as a state, right? It's it's always Texas forever has the right to secede or something. Like it's always wants to secede. It's like I mean, it's just it kind of views itself individually, and I think that is something that's kind of reflected here in the song of like you know, it's like I'm not from America. I'm from Texas in terms of like not this song specifically, but I mean more like that's what he wants to go back to, and like that's what he's saying. It's kind of full of shit. It's just like it's like yeah, it's like going home is going back to a place where that's what the people are and like that's so but you know like all of his good memories are there as well and like that's what you have to deal with is like this mixture of the good and the bad but it's all in one place yeah which is i feel something that they all relate to when they're doing funeral because being from non-montreal quebec is kind of like that quebec has tried to tried to secede from canada a couple times and hasn't won and a very different culture than Montreal with the rest of Quebec. I mean, one, they speak a different language, but Montreal is more like the rest of Canada. I, I love that, though. It's like you said, they 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 tried to succeed uh, to leave, but they haven't won. It's like, well, I mean, they're the yeah. one. They're the ones voting. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, like they're the ones voting to leave or not. So like they decided not to leave. It's not like it's not like we're holding them back or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. The, like, 
they they <laughs> vote amongst themselves and want to leave Canada, and they've lost uh, to themselves. <laughs> to the people who want to secede, the lost people who don't want to secede. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, en- enough about of the Owen Alex <laughs> politics podcast. Let's get back to the arcade fire. Yeah, I I just feel so tired. I go outside is like Tumblr poetry, but then again, Win is at the age of when he would have been posting Tumblr poetry. Not that I think he would be the kind of guy to have done that, but like if he's laying in his dorm room writing like little pieces of paper, things like like he's first starting to really explore his emotions through lyrics. You can tell that it's his first time exploring his emotions through lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take. I'll finish it off then. Going into the actual metaphor of the song, yeah, go for it. Um, m- this is Regine sp- specifically, but my mouth is full. Your heart is an apple. My mouth is full. Your heart is an apple. Pum 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 pum. I didn't count the pums there. Maybe one plus or minus one. And then please <laughs> don't even call. I can't hear you at all. Uh, what does pom mean in French, Owen? Apple. That's a you know. That's a yeah. tough one. Yeah. That's a apple. 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 Yeah. So um, what <laughs> is the apple, Owen? What? It's his heart. His heart is the apple. <laughs> it's right in the title. What do you mean? This is the easiest <laughs> metaphor I've ever heard of. Um, what do you think the metaphor is? Here, well, you go and I'll I'm think. Give me yeah, a second. Yeah, you'll agree or disagree? Yeah. Okay. So, to start off, if anything, you know, just in his consistency is what he's improved in. Because at this time, he wrote Cars and Telephones, and he was trying to write metaphors. Cars and Telephones is a metaphor? Great. My Heart is an Apple is a metaphor? Eh, we'll see. So, kind of what he's saying, generally, is that you know, Texas is what he's leaving behind, and Texas is food, but his mouth is full, and he can't eat anymore. But then, which is like, you know, my mouth is full, your heart is an apple. Uh, the heart of Texas is an apple, and he can't eat anymore. But then, what do apples mean? Uh, apples are the most sinful food, not <laughs> devil's cheesecake. Uh, apples. But another prescriptive joke. <laughs> no, that's not that's not in my notes. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> you know, it goes back to the 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 Garden of Eden, the first sin that when very much is saying, you know, like if where he's from and where he is born embodies the first sin, and that he's been eating that so much he can't eat anymore. He's so full of of sin. But it's a sin, but it's also knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, I think that like he's like the heart of the paradise of the suburbs that he saw right now he's saying that like i used to live in what i thought was paradise but at the heart of paradise i learned by eating the knowledge that it's not as great as i originally thought and i can't eat anymore you know i i have to leave the garden of eden the you know the place he grew up he's he can't live there anymore knowing what he knows you know what i mean like yeah the way that he idolizes the suburbs this is this is what he's talking about when he is talking on the suburbs. I've often talked about the EP is the payoff to when they were actually young versus on funeral when they're just talking about not being young anymore. Uh, yeah, and as I wrote this episode and talk about it more, I realized that something I often realize with these songs is that these lyrics are, dang, they're pretty good when you got me. They're a lot better from thinking about them. Not that original sin imagery is uncommon, like Steinbeck's East of Eden, or Bruce's song called Adam Raised a Cain, but he really is using that, at least I think, the original sin of learning about the things he doesn't like about the suburbs. 
And once he's learned that, he can never go back. What do you think about that, Owen? Am I diving in too deep? No, I like I like the I mean an apple an apple's an apple is an apple. Mm-hmm. What I what I like um I like the the thought I like I like the idea of because I mean it is if it, it is a song about leaving Texas and so if you call Texas Eden I think it is right it's like he, he eats the apple and then he sees hey this isn't perfect I'm going somewhere else but mm-hmm. being torn by it yeah I like I like it I like it yeah it uh. Yeah, I mean, going. I thought it was like the I'm sleeping in a submarine, which was, I think, very similar in the sense that he's saying, like, both of these are him saying that he's doing something or did something that's causing him to change. Whether that metaphor is he's sleeping in something that's going to start the suburban war or he's eaten something that can never cause him to go back. All of this, the way that we were just saying my body is a cage stops him and points him toward the feeling that he's going to explore in the suburbs, this stops him and points him towards the emotion he's going to feel on funeral. Um, yeah. You got anything else to say about the lyrics, Owen? What do you think about the please don't even call? I can't hear you at all. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's exactly that, like, he still loves where he's from. I mean, like you said in the beginning, um, the fact that he is garbage and Texas is garbage, he knows that Texas is him. And uh, he knows that, like, like very, uh, he, you know, cars and telephones. He, uh, he doesn't even want the person to call because he doesn't, he doesn't want to, he needs to keep it out of his mind because there's the chance that if they call, it's still, the breakup is still so fresh that he might just dive into it. And so it's just like, please just, you know, leave me alone. I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I the mean- divorce from the suburbs. Huh. Like, uh, I, I hadn't thought about that. It's interesting about, huh, it's like it's thought. <laughs> Thoughts happening in my mind. Yeah, it really, like, all of these ones I really try and go into, like, even, like, with chemistry and all of these is, like, when does not mean what he says. Like, he he's using this as a metaphor for something. And what is it? And, yeah, this one is, like, what what is the apple? And, oh, what is, yeah. And, yeah. I, uh, what do you think of this musically? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty boring. Yeah, it's okay. It's, uh, it's pretty melodramatic. Uh, it's not desperation voice win, it's melodramatic voice Yeah, see, win. That, that, that was the other thing I wanted to. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like de- desperation voice, but it's not desperation voice win. It is melodramatic. I like that, I like that. Uh, yeah. It, uh, I think it's basically a poem. It, it, wouldn't have been as good but it could just as easily have been just him on the piano or guitar uh we do get the nice regime parts which contrast well i mean with the garden and the water and the bir- oh sorry with the water and the birds i kind of see the garden of eden but i mean that just might be a self-fulfilling prophecy based on how i interpret it but uh, i mean even that's not that great yeah um, giving up to stuff on the ep like headlights is such a peak and no cars go and this is such a just like like it's, yeah, I mean, it's not the worst one for me. That's uh, on I the EP. If we go to the metrics here, no, no, certainly not. But it still is pretty. Meh. Yeah, but not saying that it's like it's very much essential as a building block of where they will be, and still miles better than a lot of other songs. Um, but if this is the kind of stuff that they put out, if this was the best song they put out, they wouldn't have made it to an album. I definitely not. 
Yeah, I don't think this one the producers would have like first heard and Merge would have first heard and thought, oh, yeah, we need to sign these guys to a record deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how how many? What what do you got, Owen? I have Texas Homes. Oh, nice. Uh, a metric used on many many songs mm-hmm. in different words. Yeah. How, how many Texas Homes? Two out of five. Okay. So, okay. Well, see, why? I don't. Well, I mean, in comparative metrics, I don't like. I gave uh, Sleeping in a Submarine one point five out of five. Yeah, fair enough. And I thought this one is slightly better than I'm Sleeping in a Submarine, but not that much better, and still worse than the average Arcade Fire song. Yep. And that that was for me is just it's boring. It's melodramatic. It has a few things that kind of prop it up and make it better than others, but it's overall not the best arcade fire song it's just early and you know with earliness comes not as goodness yeah or i i like to say inconsistency um (laughs) because it's more so that like headlights and no cars go and cars and telephones are great but then you got a lot of bad ones too and it's really finding his voice so that he can always do the good stuff yeah um yeah i'm right there with you Two and two out of five, but I have states of sin. Two out of five states of sin. I like it. Uh, I was right there with you on I'm sleeping in a submarine as well. Gave that one a one and a half. Um, the lyrics are 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 fine. I think that they really pick up once we hit the second verse in the end, which is I mean the end, which is just the my heart is an apple part. But the first half is pretty bad. Uh, it really really pales in comparison with like the. I'm just tired. I just feel so tired. I go outside is like, this is the same guy who's writing. Um, I know a place where no cars go. Like it, it really is not as good. Um, and overall, even like the, the, the garden of Eden growing up metaphor is something that's been used a lot before. Uh, something that again, I feel like he explores is like, this is something that I want to talk about. So I'm going to talk about it in ways that I've seen and emulate other things. And then he finds his own way of doing it. Like saying that we are a conglomerate of all of our influences, but that happens once you move past trying to do one influences, one influencers thing. Um, yeah, I think that it, uh, a song as a whole, it embodies the meaning, you know, when left Texas for something new in the song and that things in the, uh, the, the emotion he has to move past and in real life, when left Texas to to find the music in the new life. It very much is autobiographical in the way that some of them might more so be metaphorical. Like, I don't think Wynn didn't drive in a highway underground, but uh, uh, unless there's some sort of secret millionaire highway underground. No. <laughs> that, uh, but um, this one is like very much this is what happened. If Elon Musk has his way, there'll be, there'll be a un- highway underground. Yeah, and give uh, win songwriting credits. The, the boring company. Um, yeah, this is what the same thing I gave chemistry for opposite reasons. This one is good. Or chemistry was good, but not the best music and meh lyrics. This one is good, but not the best lyrics. Meh music. Um, yeah, you know, Owen, this is one of those that I will put my money on you and I that we have talked about this song more than anyone ever has in the history of this song. Yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah, you have anything else to say about My Heart as an Apple? No. I, um, it'd be interesting. I, like, I, like I said before, uh, n- not my top novelty song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. But next week, 
Uh, hey, what, what, what's the weather outside? Frightful. But <laughs> what, what, what has what, what's what's on the ground here in Vancouver? Frozen water, snow. Our neighborhood, you know, the one we live now at UBC, buried in snow. My neighborhood in Coquitlam, buried in snow. Uh, your neighborhood in Victoria, Owen, most likely buried in snow. And what do we do if the snow buries our neighborhoods? We'll dig deep into the lyrics of tunnels. <laughs> Uh, Lucky us! <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm really excited. A whole month of neighborhoods. I honestly that, that seems so crazy to me that we're we're spending a whole month. It's like I mean I get well, you there know, are four, four songs. <laughs> four, math checks out. Four songs, four weeks, but it's gonna be like, this is gonna be a good month. Yeah, it uh it uh I mean honestly I'd have been happy just to have done a mini series on the four neighborhoods. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, everyone, climb out your windows and meet us next week in the middle of our podcast feed for neighborhood number one, uh, Tunnels. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, um, for our Canadian listeners who are also stuck in the nationwide storm. Stay safe out there. I guess everyone, Nation- stay safe out there. Nationwide storm is such an odd idea. It's like a, But it really the nation, is. It's snowing everywhere. 8,000 kilometers long or something like that. Like, yeah, the, yeah, there's the Arctic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> every, everyone, all of our listeners, no matter where you are, we love you all. Stay safe out there. Bye. See you next week.